0: that uh, where we are in this part of the year already, who can believe it's gone so quick? It's like it just felt like Carol's was just five minutes ago and uh, here we are, we're on top of it again. uh, But but I think it's it's going so quick because there's a lot of things going on and uh, in our world today we're seeing more and more crazy things going on, there's more crazy things to come I can assure you and that's why it's so important and this is the reason why we brought up the whole subject of the power of prayer. Because what is coming upon the earth is like something you've never seen before and you won't understand. But if you're tuned in to the Word of God, if you pray and believe, you'll, you'll get through it all with no problems at all. Oh, can see now. That's good. Uh, <laughs> prayer is so important. Yeah, in fact, uh, God's Word says if we don't call upon His name, His promises nothing. See, some of us sit back and think, God you just should just know but he wants you to reach out he wants you to call upon his name Jeremiah 29 verse 12 says then you shall call on me and you shall go and pray to me and I will listen to you so God will listen to you when you call upon his name but quite often we forget that we go we get to this sort of thing like you should know you should just know you know God knows but he wants to hear from you as a heavenly father he wants you to there. Acts 2.21 says, and it shall be that everyone who shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So we are saved by calling upon his name. Nothing happens until we call upon that name. Psalm 34 verse 17 says, a righteous cry and Jehovah hears and he saves them out of their distresses. Jehovah hears. God hears when we call out upon him. He doesn't promise anything other than that. We need to call and, and seek the name of Him. Whatever happens in our services here and ministries will be affected by our time in prayer. That's why we love it—the pre-prayer uh, times that we have here, from half past nine to quarter to ten, is setting up the meeting. We're, we're setting up the meeting. We're praying and believing that God is going to move and touch lives in this place. We're believing uh, like there's going to be a, a ma- manifestation of God Himself in one way or another through healing or or whatever, the future of this church, or for any matter, depends on the time spent in prayer. That's why we must have prayer at the forefront. It should be the engine room that drives this church. You know, it's, we're not an entertainment center. You know, we're not here just to entertain you and and uh, you know, I was bringing someone to do a whole band thing for that, but that's that's not who we are. You know, it's not like let me entertain. <laughs> it's not that. Okay, it's not. We're, we're here to learn. The word of God, we want to learn how to pray. We want to do all these things. Prayer builds your relationship with God and helps you to tune into God. And that's what we're trying to do. Is you know, all of you probably come from different backgrounds. Some of you on church, I didn't come to church until I was 21. I had no idea in the world and didn't understand the whole concept. So when I got saved at 21, there were so many things I had to learn about church. So many things. I remember the early days of Singing songs at the Baptist church I went to in the beginning, and uh, you know, worthy is Lamb, the blood that, you know, the, the Lamb that uh, shed for us, the blood and all that stuff. Like, what the heck am I into? You know, what's all this about? I had no idea what that meant. And, uh, but there's so many things, but we got to keep continuing to grow in, in His Word and learn about Him. And we're going to do that today in this topic of prayer because there are so many things you can miss. And depending where you've come from, uh, as I did, and I'll share some of my story with this, uh, you can miss lots. It's kind of like when our family as a whole went over to Europe in 2016. And uh, when we go on holidays, you know, the Murphy family, when we go on holidays, it's like joining the amazing race. (laughs) It's like you see a lot, but you don't see it for long. It's like, come on, kids, in the car, off we go, we're next place. And uh, so we end up calling ourselves uh, Murphy's uh, fast tours. You know, you, 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 Murphy's fast tours. You see a lot, but you don't see it for long. <laughs> so, right? We've seen that. Let's move on. And uh, that's it, how it was. But it can be like that with you and I if we don't get into God's Word. You know, when you slow down and start reading His Word, He reveals Himself in a great manner. How many times have you read the same scripture and suddenly you go, "Oh my goodness! How come I've read this several times and I never saw that before?" Because God is waiting to speak to you. And if you will spend time with Him, you will hear Him. And that's the time we need in prayer to hear from Him. There are three types of prayer. Prayer is a petition. We come before God and petition in things. Prayer is a devotion. Prayer is intercession, where you're interceding for other people. Last week, I gave you the Lord's Prayer as an example of a template on how to pray to help you in that If you want a shortened version, as we said in our Connect group, just think of the words, when you're praying, you're acting. So think of the word ACT, A for adoration. That's when you come before God and adore Him. C for confession. T for thanksgiving. And S for supplication, for the things that you require. A simple little prayer, when you're praying, just think of that acronym ACTS, and you'll be able to expand your prayer. Because quite often, we get people saying, you know, I find it so hard to pray I find it so difficult I I pray you know and I think I've said everything I can and I look at the clock and only five minutes has gone past but I'm telling you when you understand the principles of prayer you'll be able to pray for an hour or more without a problem at all see just knowing about prayer is not going to change a thing unless you do it the devil knows how powerful prayer is, and that's why he tries to deter you from it. Yeah. You notice that, how hard it is? It's easy to jump for certain, to do certain things, but when it comes to prayer, you just feel this thing. And, and, and like when we have our prayer meetings on Wednesday night, sometimes you just feel so tired. I've been working all day. Oh, we've got prayer meeting. Oh, I feel so tired. Perhaps they won't miss me if I'm not there. <laughs> Perhaps they won't notice. <laughs> But I tell you, when you push through that barrier, whenever you get that barrier, that is a call to push through. Like when you feel like you don't need to or don't want to, that's when you need to and you, you got to. And, and I'm telling you, people that have been in those places, said so once they push through it and come to a prayer time, it changes everything. So, oh, gee, I'm so glad I was here. I, I really needed that. I just feel uplifted right now. I feel the peace of God in me. And I was feeling terrible before, but now I, I'm good. Because we can make many excuses, like, for anything and everything. But there's one thing that we should never make an excuse for, is spending time with God in prayer. Now, we say you can pray wherever you are, in any circumstances, in, in your car. I pray a lot in the car, you know, driving along and uh, just praying. But I just find I have a tendency to come to the lights, and as the engine's dying down, so is my prayer. <laughs> and I take off, and it builds up again. <laughs> I don't know, that's just me, but uh, uh but anyway, we, we can pray wherever we wherever you are. I mean, in the car it is good until you know you're riding it, yeah, God moved this morning it's going to be awesome, and you turn around there's somebody looking at you, <laughs> quickly pick up your phones as if you're attending oh yeah yeah, yeah, it's fine, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's okay, you can find any place, oh, actually you shouldn't do that because you'll get done for fine <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, but the great <laughs> God not only wants to help you, sorry, God not only helps us when we pray, but He helps us to pray. Yeah. And that's the thing with God. He not only shows you the way, but He helps you yeah. when you get there. Yeah. And I want to talk this morning about our prayer language. There's a special prayer language that God has given us in the Spirit. Now, when I was a new Christian, I didn't understand this. I, I uh, You know, and it was just like, I don't get it, but as I experienced that from pushing through in prayer, I started to understand what it meant to pray in the Holy Spirit. So we're going to look first of all at Romans chapter 8 verse 26 and 27 this morning. If you've got your Bibles with you, if they've got that verse up there somewhere, it's probably, yep, here it comes. <laughs> okay, Romans eight twenty-six says, likewise the Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, also helps our weaknesses for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought but the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered and he searching the hearts knows what is in the mind of the spirit because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of god so we have times where we just don't know how to pray the situation may be overwhelming maybe too big we just do not know how to but we know we need to as it says here in our weaknesses, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For we, know, for we should pray for, for as we ought to. We should just know how to pray, but we don't. We don't know what to say. Have you ever been in those situations? You go, oh, I'm feeling somebody's pain right now, and I just don't know what to pray, you know? And it says, the Spirit gives you the words to speak because He searches our hearts. He knows our hearts, He knows what's in there. You can't hide anything, okay? You can't hide it. You may think you can hide, you can't give up, surrender, (laughs) because the Spirit knows uh, the will of God, and, and He'll give the prayer in the spiritual language, and I'm going to explain what that is in a minute, this language that God uses to communicate what you should be praying for in those times. The Holy Spirit knows our weaknesses in prayer, so He is there to help us. John 14, 16 says this, And I will pray the Father, and He shall give you another comforter, so He may be with you forever. So Jesus prayed that we'd have another comforter, a helper alongside us through all these moments. Another comforter in the Greek comes from a word which means to advocate, a defender of a cause, a counsellor, patron, mediator, or helper. Ephesians 6.18 says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. And watch into this very thing with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. So praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirits. But how do we pray in the Spirit? Because we spoke last week about praying through the mind and how we present the Lord's Prayer. But how do we pray in the Spirit? Well, let's have a look at some verses here. Holy Spirit gives us a prayer language, as I said earlier, gives us a prayer language, which is termed in the Scriptures as tongues. And you can pick up that whole uh, initial thing in Acts where uh, the disciples in the upper room and the Holy Spirit came in on power and they start speaking in tongues, it says, in a language that people around from other areas could understand. For it says in 1 Corinthians fourteen two, "...for he who speaks in a tongue..." does not speak to men but to God for no one hears but in the in spirit he speaks mysteries yeah. so having this prayer language the holy spirit gives to us we are speaking to God in our prayer language we are speaking to God and it's a mystery to us but God un- understands it and he even gives the words for what you should be speaking when we speak in tongues, we're speaking to God. The Spirit gives us the words to pray. And then it says in 1 Corinthians 14, 14, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. Praying in the Spirit, you bypass the mind. Now, this is a real crazy one and hard one. As a new Christian, I really kind of, what, I don't get this. But as soon as I got prayed for for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I started speaking in an unknown tongue and I, I didn't quite understand I, I started to doubt it. I go why, why can I do this now I don't really get this and I even doubted it and stopped using it for a while until I was at another meeting where I just felt it happen but I understand now when I'm praying in the spirit it's coming from my spirit down here it's not coming from my mind yeah. so much that I could be praying in the spirit and I could be thinking with my mind about something else because they're separate but when we pray in the mind, it takes all our focus. It's like you women always say, us guys can only do one thing at a time. It's kind, of like, <laughs> it's kind of one of those situations. But Paul says this, so what do we do? Just pray in the Spirit? He says, no. In 1 Corinthians 14, he says, what is it then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will also pray with the mind. So there's two different things being addressed here. We pray in the mind. That's our constructing thought, what we're praying for. And the other one is from our spirit which is linked to the holy spirit working through us we are called to pray with the spirit and with the mind now the greatest illustration i can think of and i've uh, probably spoken this before but some may not have heard it was jackie pullinger jackie pullinger was a young 20 year old left england on a call to just go she didn't know where or when or whatever and she was troubled with this call but god kept giving her one word just go and so she spoke to a pastor and eventually he says, look, well, if you feel so strong about going, just go. And she says, but yep, I don't know where. He says, well, just buy a ticket on a ship that calls in many ports around the world and wait on the Holy Spirit just to tell you to get off. So she goes, all right, a young lady, 20 years old, gets on the ship with this ticket around the world. Wow. She comes into Hong Kong and the Holy Spirit speaks and says, get off. How would you like that? You're leaving your hometown <laughs> with a word go, don't know where you're going, And then when you get there, you don't know anything about the place. You can't speak Mandarin, which is uh, Chinese, and you're told to get off. And like, okay. Now, this is the whole deal of faith and hearing from God and, uh, you know, taking that place. She was led into an area called the Walled City, which even the authorities didn't want to go into. It was a rough uh, area that had no electricity run into it. It was a real broken down, druggy area and all this. And she must have been thinking, God, what are you doing? Is this, am I hearing from God or is this the devil right now? Because this is not good. You've got drug addicts, gang, warfare, all sorts of stuff going on. And here I am, I can't even speak their language and you've led me into this place. Well, she found it very hard, there's a whole story, you can read her story. Uh, I heard her years ago, she came to Adelaide, amazing lady, and it was such an amazing story what took place next because she met an evangelist that came through and said, look, how's it all going? She goes, terrible. I just, you know, it's just, it's really hard. I don't know what I should be doing. He goes, well, have you been praying in the Spirit? She goes, I don't even know what that is. What do you mean praying in the Spirit? And he laid hands up, upon her and she starts speaking in a heavenly language that she'd never operated in before. And uh, she started developing this thing and uh, she said suddenly she felt different. She felt a power upon her and uh, she went out into the streets of Hong Kong. She'd, she'd walk along the streets just speaking in this new prayer language of a spirit speaking, and suddenly she's come upon somebody that like needs healing or something. She's just stand there praying in a heavenly language, and they get healed. People got offered drugs. There was a lot of uh, tried gang members there, uh, came to faith through it. There's a whole story. I think it's called Chasing a Drag. You can read a book. And it was got so well known that even BBC Two in England heard of the story and they did a documentary on it because they had not seen anything like this. They go, what is going on here? she just walk around the streets speaking in, in this tongue and suddenly God would move. People were being healed. That is the power of praying in the Spirit. God knows what you should be praying for. You know, we go out there and we just see needs, we see things. It's just, oh, overwhelming. Where do I start? But God gives you the, the words. God gives yeah. that. So it says in Jude one twenty. But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. But you, beloved, building yourself up. So first of all, Jude says here, you build yourself up when you pray in the Holy Spirit. So what I teach my preachers when we have people up here is to spend at least an hour praying in that spiritual language because you're building yourself up. And I'm telling you, it makes a big difference. 1 uh, Corinthians 14 4 says the one speaking in a tongue builds himself up, but he prophesied and builds up the church. So here it says the one speaking in a tongue builds himself up. Once again he's saying the same thing. The word tongue is the word from the Greek glossia. Uh, I'm not Greek, so that probably sounds terrible if you are Greek. You yeah, know, what was that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that didn't even sound like anything. Uh, which means of an uncertain affinity. The tongue, by implication, a language, specifically one naturally unacquired. So it's a naturally language unacquired. So it's not like you've, you've learned this language in some way. So we see in the Scripture, this is where it gets confusing, because people go, well, hang on a sec, if, if you got that language, that's great, but aren't you supposed to have somebody interpret everything that you say? Well, when you look do a study on, on that, you'll find there's two uses that are mentioned there is the prayer language where, remember what I said? It says, for he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. So there's your prayer language where you're speaking to God. You're not speaking to men, right? You're speaking to God. But then in Acts two four it says, And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them utterance. So there's the spiritual gift of God where they were able to speak an another language was just foreign to them, but those from around could understand them in their own language. They go, wow, how do they do this? So there's a moment when God will speak to you and may get you to intercede for somebody in a language that you've never learned or understood. I've had it a few times. I'm just driving the car and suddenly I just feel I need to say something. I don't know what I'm saying. I just start and all of a sudden I realize this sounds kind of like a language of some sort, I don't know where it's from, and I don't even know what I'm praying for, but I just kept going for 15 minutes, I couldn't stop. It's just like there was an urgency, there was an urgency of something going on, and this language was like unknown, but it was not like my prayer language, it was different, it was a constructed sort of language as we find in the book of Acts. So, 1 Corinthians fourteen thirteen says, so then he speak in a language, let him pray that he may interpret. So there is your prayer language where you're speaking to, not to men, you're speaking to God, and then there's the gift of the Holy Spirit comes upon you to speak a word to the congregation, and that needs to be interpreted because otherwise it benefits you nothing. Now, I, I remember as a young Christian, our Baptist church at that time was like, read all the scriptures and understood somewhat of the gifts of the Holy Spirit but never really operated and they sort of like yes it's there but we don't know what to do with it so we just put it on hold let's just go what we know and it wasn't until uh, John Wimber a guy called John Wimber came through Australia had a healing gift right through America and uh, he brought a team over to Melbourne and the pastors of our church at that time went over to Melbourne and they said they saw incredible things One pastor said he was holding a guy's arm that they were praying for and they saw it grew in his hands. He said, never seen anything like it, just blown away, just arms growing. Incredible things were happening at that time. You know, there was um, incredible things. And I remember being like in a service after these guys came back, they were just full of faith. They just experienced something they never experienced in their whole life, even as ministers in the Baptist church. So I remember the the senior minister said, right, we've been at this conference, we've seen it all happen. We saw people speak in the heavenly language. We saw an interpretation. Somebody in the congregation brought it to us. So we're going, you know, I'm just going to leave it open right now and see what God will we'll do. And and as we're like, everyone's going, whoa, this is something shocking. We've never had this in our church. We don't know what to do with it. And, and there's all sorts of signs, just the music's playing. And then suddenly somebody spoke in, an unknown language and uh and the pastor went, okay, right, we need to interpret that. Who feels they have an interpretation? That can be a dangerous moment, too, by the way. I've I've had people in circumstances that think they have because it's my moment to shine, you know, and and they come forward with the wrong word. But anyway, uh in this case, I remember sitting there and go, Well, who's got it? <laughs> it's like who's got the interpretation? Of what's just been said? There's gotta be somebody. And as I'm saying this, I just felt God saying, you've got it. This is the Word. And I go, oh, I don't know what to do with that. I've never done anything like this. No, no, and I'm struggling with this. And then the pastor goes, no, I believe God's given it to somebody. And, and I'm, I'm like sweating now. I'm like, oh, I don't know what to do. I've never done this. I'll look like an idiot. Uh, you know. And I remember someone in the back of me nudging me because they, they sense it too. And, and, but I wasn't going to open my mouth. No, it was too embarrassing. And suddenly it's like God goes, all right, I gave you a chance, now I'm going to give it to somebody else. And he goes over to the lady on the piano. And suddenly so she starts speaking this word in English. And I go, oh, that's exactly what I just got. <laughs> so I learned it worked. And see, I, wasn't, I was a pretty new Christian, so this is not like I've been conditioned or by somebody. This is my experience without understanding how it all works. But then years later, I was in a big meeting uh, at another church I was at, and uh, I remember like 500 to 1,000 people in that meeting, and uh, there was a silence, and somebody spoke out in this, it felt like a language of some sort, like, definitely kind of like Chinese, and and, uh, as they were shouting out, because they shouted out in this big auditorium, Suddenly, you hear someone breaking out over on the right here, crying, bawling her eyes out. I go, what's going on here? You know, like, what, what was that? You know, like, so the guy f- uh, finished speaking in, in this tongue, and suddenly this woman's hysterical. And we go, what is going on? This is crazy. And um, we didn't get to know straight away, and then people were comforted and praying for her and all that. But we found out afterwards, the words spoken was a word that God had given to this, this person to speak. And it was in a language that was a dialect, an ancient Chinese dialect, apparently. And, and it was unknown by many Chinese couldn't speak it. He spoke it perfectly. He never spoke in his life, but just felt God do this. And she understood every word of it. And it was an answer to her prayer of something she'd been suffering through. And she'd been asking and seeking God. And this guy spoke her language and answered her prayer. So you get to see some amazing things take place in those uh, circumstances. For prayer is powerful. And look, it, it was a battle for us in in somewhat in the Baptist church that I was at at the time because people now experience this whole new deal that they've never even heard about. And it says that in Acts 2, we've not even heard of the Holy Spirit. You know, it says And some churches like that, they've never even heard of the Holy Spirit. And um, so... People were working through that. And it may be your experience today. You may have come from more of a traditional church where you've never really experienced that. I've seen all sorts of things in the move of that. And it, it, it really messed with my mind for a while until I had to do some digging in and study. I'm going, no, nah, God's Word says it. And I believe it. that settles it. And uh, But there was people that were going, no, that can't be right. That's of the devil. You know, you get those people there. That's of the devil. And uh, I, I've heard all sorts of stuff. Uh, and uh, But I'm telling you, when you experience it for yourself, you, you will change everything because it gives you power to pray. It gives you power in the name of Jesus. Amen. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In everything give thanks. So when he gives you those gifts, you give him thanks. Um, but we are to pray always, 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 says, pray without ceasing. See, this is another thing. How do you pray without ceasing? You know, like stopping. Like, because like I said, some people struggle after five minutes. Like, oh I'm worn out. <laughs> that's a long prayer, five minutes. <laughs> how do you go when Paul says that? Pray or continuously do, you know. Well, how do you do that? In the physical, in the mind, There's, you're going to run out. You're going to run out. It's going to go like so far and you're going to run out. But we see these passages, Ephesians 6 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching to this very thing with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Romans 12 12, rejoicing in hope, patient in affliction, steadfastly continuing in prayer. In the prayer language, you're encouraged to do it all the time. So if you have that spiritual prayer language, which we refer to as tongues, you can do it at any time, all the time. I can be even watching TV and be doing it. It's like a sense that there's something going on in your spirit here. It's not in your mind. It's, it's a different connection there. In the spiritual gift, you only do it when the Holy Spirit speaks to you. So there's the two again. There's the one where you can speak to God, mysteries to God, not to man, to God. And then there's the one where the Holy Spirit suddenly wants you to speak a language which he has pre-prepared earlier, and uh, <laughs> and when the Holy Spirit tells you to do so. Uh, Yongi Cho, who had the largest church in the world and still is, as far as I understand, it, in South Korea, he used to pray five hours a day. Now, how do you do, how do you do that? Five hours a day, like that's, I'd be worn out. It's like <laughs> I mean, I could talk a lot, but you know, five hours—it's <laughs> that's a lot. <long>. But <laughs> but he was so passionate about because he understood that's where the power came from, was engaging in the presence of God. They had a thing called prayer mountain. People would be up there four o'clock in the morning just praying. They'd have thousands of people on this mountain praying, praying and the praying, but they were praying in their mind and in their spirit. And he says, when he learned to pray in the spirit, you can continue five hours without a problem. And he said he needed to do that to minister to minister what God according to to the people, he needed that level of prayer. And when you get to that level of prayer, it changes everything. Smith Wigglesworth, like incredible man of God, used to do the same. He'd just pray, 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 pray. One uh, minister had heard about him, said, I reckon your prayer meetings were pretty pretty full on. Like, you know, can I come and join you in prayer? He says, Yeah, sure. And of course, he rocks up, and Smith has already been going two hours. And uh he knocks on the door and, 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 and saw signals coming in. He said he took one step into that room where he'd been praying and he said, I fell to my knees. I thought I was going to die with the presence of the power of God in that room. He said, I backed out of the room. <laughs> he said it was that powerful and uh, incredible. But that's the power of prayer. When God, God loves it when you're communicating with Him. God loves it when you connect with Him. And when He turns up, you know, you'll feel that there's something different in the atmosphere. It will change. The, the great thing about speaking in this, this prayer language is the enemy cannot understand it, all right? So it's like God is using this interaction because the devil's always trying to get ahead or distract, destroy, comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but he needs to know the plans. He doesn't know the plans because God gives us a language which we can speak, which he's not aware of, and he cannot inter- interact, and he hates that. Uh, but, of course, in... The whole thing of, of prayer is is our engagement with God. We and like I'm sure somebody else will bring it up about prayer and fasting. There's prayer in the mind, prayer in the spirit. There's so much more to prayer when you understand it and you practice it. But like I said, it's not something just to, oh, well, that was a good sermon. I learned a lot. No, it's for you to encourage you to do, to do. And if you don't know how to pray, the greatest thing you can do is come to a prayer meeting on like a Wednesday. Walk alongside someone. You know, when I started praying and I got this gift to pray in my prayer language, I didn't know what to do it. I didn't know how it worked. I didn't know anything. And I remember talking to a pastor. He says, fine, come come meet me and I'll show you how how this works. I said, all right. So rocked up there at his uh, office. He goes, right, we're going to pray. I said, okay, what do I do? And he goes, just follow me. And he starts walking. So I'm walking, I'm following him. (laughs) And then all of a sudden he starts with praise, you know. God, we just praise you. So I'm, just, I'm like an echo. God, we just praise you. <laughs> you're awesome, God. Oh, you're awesome, God. Yeah, <laughs> And he kept looking at me like this. See, I'm following. Him. And, and we go back, and then he starts using his spiritual language, and I just start using a spiritual language. So I learned off of somebody else. So what I'm saying by, if you're struggling with that, learn off somebody else. And, and, and it was awesome. We had a great time. And then he suddenly stops. So he goes, now I'm not going to pray. You are. I go, huh? uh, And it all of a sudden just happened. <laughs> but you have to exercise those things. That is faith stepping out into a zone which may look uncomfortable, but once you achieve it, arrive at it, it's not anything to worry about. But of course, we need to pray. In Matthew 26, verse 36, Jesus in in his time of distress in the Garden of Gethsemane and and, uh, asked his disciples to be awake. In Matthew 26, verse 40, he says, "'And he came to the disciples,' And found them asleep. And he said to Peter, What? That's what it says in mine. says, What? Like, what? Here I am. You've seen the pain. You've seen me suffering and you're asleep. What is wrong with you? What could, it uh, says here, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. The thing here is our spirit, we can have all the intent of praying. You know, I, I often hear people say, oh yeah, I'll see you Wednesday night for the prayer meeting. it's all good, yeah. The spirit's willing, but then it comes Wednesday and it's like, oh, it's a bit tired, I've had a hard day, I, I deserve. Yeah, we talk ourselves, we deserve this, you know, to have a break, I deserve this. Uh, and um, and we can talk ourselves out of it. We do, because the flesh is weak. But Paul says, I batter my body into submission, like, oh. (laughs) Uh, You say, no, you play Tarzan. You actually actually take control. You say, no, flesh, I'm not listening to you. I'm listening to my spirit. My spirit is willing, I'm going to go with that. I'm not going with the flesh. I'm going to push through all this. Because Jesus asked the disciples, could you not tarry? Could you not stay awake just one hour in my time of need? And you know what? He's speaking to the church that right now. Could you not stay awake and pray for one hour? The ancients used to pray in one hour blocks. It says, could you not stay awake? That's what the church is doing now. Jesus is going to return at some stage. Where will you be, asleep or awake? The church right now is being called to wake up. We are living in biblical times. We are living in times we've never seen before. And the church needs to arise. We arise in prayer. We arise in belief, in faith. we stepping forward, stepping out, not sitting back and cowering away. This is not a rehearsal. There are no reruns. we got to be ready for what is coming. And for those who have yet to receive Jesus, 2 Corinthians 6.2 tells us, Behold, now is the day of your salvation. So if you've never made a decision for Christ... Now is the day of your salvation. You've heard the word of God and God is speaking to you right now. You have to make a decision. God will not twist your arm to do anything. God is speaking to us all to rise up in this time, in this hour, to pray, to pray. And it's not a wussy thing to pray. It's a power thing to pray. When we pray, we are being, we are, uh, building ourselves up it says in the spirit we are speaking the words of god we, we we are declaring him his praises we're declaring that which he is to do he wants to do in our lives and we will see the change happen it's exciting when you start living in the era of faith trusting god rather than looking to man it's, it's, it's an amazing place to be listening to his word rather than the nine o'clock news it's, it's a different deal. We need to understand God is trying to communicate to us in this time, in this hour, and we need to have ear to hear what the Spirit is saying. We need to come to that place. But this morning, perhaps you, perhaps you go, yeah, look, I kind of heard that. I haven't really settled on that whole deal. I've never really kind of understood what it meant to pray in the Spirit. Well, it's a spiritual language that God gives you as it came upon the disciples in, in Acts, in the upper room. It says, like, tongues of fire distributed on their heads. That would be been a pretty freaky thing to see. And they started speaking in another tongue. And it says further on in Acts, uh, they came to a group that had received Jesus. They are baptized in repentance, but they had not even heard of the Holy Spirit. Hands were laid on, then they received the Holy Spirit, started speaking in this language, this tongue, because the word tongue can be tongue or language and uh, two different things. that's the power we need we need that connection with God this morning we need to know that we are praying in accordance to his will and his ways this morning I just want you to close your eyes and um, firstly this morning if you've never made a decision for Jesus now is the day of your salvation that means make a choice now for we don't know what tomorrow holds we don't know what next week holds God loves everybody. He gives everyone equally an opportunity to come to Him. And perhaps this morning, in this place, you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, or perhaps you know of Him. Perhaps you were, but you're not sure, or you once did when you were a kid. You've fallen apart on all that. It doesn't matter where you are now, in the sense of where you were. It's important about where, what decisions you make right now. And if you want to say yes to Jesus, if you want to know you're walking right with Him, it requires you to repent, turn away from the way you've been living, and live a life for Him. So this morning, if you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, wherever you are in this place, just raise your hand and I'll pray with you. believe for you. It's the greatest thing you could ever do is receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus. there's a second part when we do become a Christian, when we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior. The Spirit of God, your Comforter, your Helper wants to empower you to live that life. And He gives you the baptism of fire. Baptism of fire, the Holy Spirit coming upon you to equip you with all gifts. One to speak in that heavenly language. If you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit. We want to pray for you at the end of this meeting that you receive that. But there is power in prayer, and if today perhaps you need healing as well, there's another reason to come forward at the end of this meeting. We need to operate in our faith. It says to stir, fan the flames, your spiritual gifts within you. Let's not let them die out like a candle just melting away. Let's inflame in in the work of God. Father, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus, God, for this congregation. I pray, God, they will not settle for second best, but all that you've called us to. God, let us not be complacent, but let's walk in the power of the Holy Ghost. Let's walk in that fire, Father, I pray you release spiritual gifts upon people in this house. Say, God, you'll baptize them with fire. For God, your word promises all these things and so much more if we only walk with faith and commitment, obedience to your word. Father, I pray this day in the mighty name of Jesus that God, you'll come visit us. Come visit us as a church. Come visit us as people, individuals. Touch us this morning. Your power, move in this place. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, we need you. Holy Spirit, you are our comforter. You are our helper. And God, right now, there's some people here that need help to make that decision, to be empowered. Let's just all stand to our feet right now.